Welcome to Hero's Journey Physio Fitness. Our mission is to empower, inspire, and mentor people to reclaim their health and become self-reliant in their fitness. I'm your host, Dr. Cameron Hogue. Join with me as my co-host, Annabelle Rios. We are going live in three, two, one. Welcome to Hero's Journey. Guys, it's, it feels like we've, it's been a while for Cameron and I. Well... We're still releasing them. We just got ahead on a few. I know. We got ahead for a little bit, and I was like, oh, my gosh. Annabel forgot how to set up the equipment and how to do what, it. What? <laughs> well, I typically do it anyway, but. I was plugging it in the wrong hole, and it just wasn't working, if you get what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> what a ruck. But anyways, guys, you know the drill. Like and subscribe. I think a few weeks ago we said tell two people, then three. I, th- I think we're at four now. You need to keep increasing, keep spreading the word, spreading the good news of Hero's Journey, helping everyone. Yeah, I'll just help people like you find people like us. Exactly. So we do want to do our, we do want a little sales pitch today, just because we like their stuff so much. We don't do it often, though. Yeah, we don't want to just bombard every episode with a little sales pitch here. But I do want to bring up <coughs> Legion's Athletics. They are the number one brand of all natural sports supplements in the world. And there's a few good reasons. Number one, all products are 100% natural. No artificial sweeteners, flavors, or dyes. Two, Legion's doesn't use any proprietary blends. What you see is what you get. And number three, Legion only uses the clinically effective dose of ingredients that have been proven to work. They don't add just a bunch of fluff in there. So if you like what you heard, head on over to www.legionsathletics.com. Use code HEROES, that's H-E-R-O-E-S, to get 20% off your first order and double loyalty points on each order after that, a.k.a. free stuff. Listen, it works because I used to code myself. <laughs> you did what? I've used the code. Oh, you've used the code. I thought you said you used to cut yourself. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> no, I've used the code. Yeah, and we actually really like the protein... Um, Ooh, cinnamon, cinnamon cereal. Cinnamon cereal. It's, it's really good. I mean, you could definitely have it for breakfast, but I kind of like it as a little late night dessert mm-hmm. type thing. It's, so good. It's my favorite one. It almost makes you believe that there are sweeteners in it, but it's naturally flavored. It's really good. So good. What are we talking about today, Annabel? I don't know. I always kind of forget. I think <laughs> I think every <laughs> as, as we get into every episode, I'm like, what are we talking about today? Annabel gets in the spirit and just starts talking. I do. Um, I know last week we released the top 10 strength exercises Yep. and then led us into the path of where, you know what, those are great and you can only do those 10 and be fine for the rest of your life. But others may want a little bit more. Maybe there's a lacking body part. Maybe they want to get, yeah, pretty much a lacking body part or something that's not being hit as much whenever you're doing a lot of these compound lifts, which brought us to isolation exercises. Yeah. We are going to give you what we believe is at least our top 10 isolation exercises that should definitely be in your routine. So yeah, there's, there's so many and there's so many considerations to take. These are just the ones that we've tried and we've liked and are easy to set up and do. I think it uh, kind of begs a, a good question on what is what is an isolation exercise you know what i mean mm. 
I guess most people don't understand that. What you know? What back in the day when I was lifting, I guess I I, I followed more of a bodybuilder split. You know, you have your mm-hmm. chest, back, and now that we're doing more compound lifts, it's like oh, okay. I don't even think of isolation exercises as much. Yeah. But essentially, compound lifts is you're incorporating a lot more muscles, and in theory, isolation is you're only using one or a handful of muscles. Is that the best way you would describe yeah. it? it uh, yeah, uh, basically, that's the best way. You're I, you're trying to, quote-unquote, isolate one muscle, so to speak, or maybe one joint mm. versus using a lot of muscle. And again, nothing is like purely isolated. You're always contracting something else. You know, you're definitely emphasizing probably one muscle, but, you know, there's also other muscles kind of involved in that. Yeah, like I think you were saying earlier, it's like it's really hard to completely isolate. Right. But you can definitely emphasize and focus on mm-hmm. one. So, you know, really quick examples would be, you know, last episode we talked about squats being one of the best thing for strength. Um, so compare that, which is a compound lift. You know, your hips are moving, your knees are moving, your ankles are moving. It's working multiple, multiple muscles. Compare that to leg extensions so you get on the leg extension machines and you're you know squeezing your quad muscle now they're both quote-unquote leg exercises but one is working a butt ton of muscles and joints while the other is most likely just (laughs) a butt ton of muscles see what i did there (laughs) a little squat action and while the leg extension is working mainly your quads the same things can be go for like chin-ups being compound curls being isolation bench press being compound Peck fly being more isolation. You're mm-hmm. you're just trying to emphasize. Would you say that generally it's harder to overload isolation exercises? Well, yeah. So just even looking at the leg extension versus squat example, you can bend. Or sorry, squat versus leg extension example. You can squat way more than you can do on leg extension. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Well, because you're you know utilizing way more muscles than just one so what was your question you answered it yeah Uh, it was like do you think that it's a lot easier to oh sorry it's a lot harder to overload isolation you are are definitely gonna uh hit your ceiling so to speak way quicker on isolation than you will on on compound for sure Mm -hmm. but i guess a, a question would be then is well why would you even do isolation then if like you, you know, you can lift more weight. We, you know, we said size follows strength. Like why even do isolation? Can you even build muscle doing this? And the answer is, well, of course you definitely can. Mm-hmm. Uh, but think about it. We just talked about, it. you can max out so quickly um, doing these exercises versus you have more, maybe longevity, you know, you know, maybe your bench press started at 95 pounds then you know, you can, if you keep working, you can technically keep getting it up there to the upper 200, 300, like you can keep getting that up, but your, um, you know, your pec fly, you know, you're probably going to start maxing out pretty soon. Yeah. There's only so much your pec can do without incorporating other muscles. So why even do them? If you know, you, you, de- you can build muscle, but maybe not as great as using compound. Why even do them, animal? I don't know, guys. Uh, I don't think you should be doing them. <laughs> <laughs> That's the truth. Animal doesn't think you should do them. Well, uh, I mean, animal said earlier is to kind of round out your physique, and they do, and they are good at assisting and supporting your compound lifts. Oh, I agree. Especially, for instance, let's say you have weak triceps. Mm-hmm. They can help you in your bench. Right. So, 
what Annabelle's alluding to there is like maybe your chest and your shoulders are doing pretty good mm -hmm. on the bench press, but your triceps are kind of like the weak link in that armor. In that movement. In mm -hmm. that movement. So like a good example of that would be like if you are having trouble on the lockout at the top, it could be a tricep thing because at that point your chest and shoulders have already done majority of the bench press. But if you're having trouble locking, you might need to throw in some isolation exercises for your triceps to kind of get them working. We'll, we'll get there, guys. All right. We'll oh, get sorry, there. Slow sorry. down. Slow down. Guys. I know. <laughs> no, but no, that's good. No, okay, yeah. And another big thing with this is the mind-muscle connection. You hear that a lot in the uh, bodybuilder circle. Yes. But it's, it's true. Talk Wh to them about it. So what this is is basically when you are able to decrease the weight and almost, you know, simplify the movement, so to speak, and quote-unquote isolating that one muscle, you're able to, you know, squeeze it and contract that muscle harder than you can with a compound lift. And this is going to help with that mind-muscle connection. When you're able to, you know, contract more forcefully, you're able to recruit more motor units of that muscle, therefore getting a harder contraction. And that's going to definitely assist you when you actually do a compound lift, like being able to quote unquote feel the muscle. You know, some people are like, I just don't feel what I'm working. I don't feel what I'm, so that's when you might need yeah. a, okay, I don't feel my back when I do this. Okay, you probably need to back off. You probably need to go do an isolation exercise and really mm -hmm. focus on trying to squeeze that muscle and, you know, leave your ego at the door and uh, lighten the weight. And that's what's going to help you actually develop that connection. If you can't feel the muscle during an exercise, you probably need to go do an isolation exercise and try and feel it. I think I, I saw somewhere that said it can actually help you build more muscle when you have that connection. Cause it, you're, you're, you're able to properly recruit the right muscles. Yeah. So, you know, this is, a, this is kind of a funny example, but we have a, we have a good friend and, uh, He's got a he's got a well built chest, and um, he's able to do the Terry Crews uh, pec dance. <laughs> but one, but being able to do the pec dance, so to speak, you know, contract your muscles like that, it takes that mind muscle connection. And if you you know talk to a lot of people, like I can't I can't like contract my chest like that and and do the the pec dance. But then you gotta ask yourself, well, how well developed is your chest, like? It's almost like the chicken or the egg is does our friend have a well-developed chest and that's why he can do that or is or is it because he has the mind muscle connection and that's what made him develop his chest well or either both. way either yeah or both either way mm -hmm. they both happen he's got a good chest and able to contract them independently um without you know having that mind muscle connection so it's very important for actually being able to see that muscle growth one difference between that and the compound lifts are you know, in compound lifts, the mind-muscle connection is not really the priority. It's about getting up and getting down. You know, it's about moving that weight, moving that load mm -hmm. through space. Like getting as strong as possible. Yeah, you're you're calling on as many muscles as possible to get the weight up. Think of the deadlift versus like a hamstring curl. So you're not too concerned about, quote, feeling your hamstrings when you're deadlifting. You're just trying to keep good form and lift that weight and put it back down. Yeah, I guess another thing with the isolation lifts that we kind of touched on is they really can support your, your key lifts significantly. Yes. Very, very much so. And we're about to get into our, our top 10, what we believe are some of the best isolation exercises you need to be doing. Oh, I guess before that, would, would you say there's a lot of variations of these exercises? There are so many variations. Meaning like cables, 
calisthenics version, dumbbell versions, barbell versions. There, you're you're correct. There's so many different ways to do these, and I don't want to get quote lost in the sauce. I'm doing a lot of quotes today. I need to lost in the that. sauce. I've never heard that one. I huh? heard it's lost in the weeds. Oh, what's the that's sauce? W- that's weak sauce, man. I like the sauce one better. <laughs> well, I don't want to get lost in the sauce here, but there's a, there's a lot of variations of these things. And we'll kind of like, as we go through, we'll talk about what the difference is this between doing this exercise with a dumbbell versus a cable versus calisthenic. Mm-hmm. And we try to incorporate at least the calisthenics version of the exercise. So that way, if you're more of a calisthenics type of, you know, trainee, you might want to do it this way, but it's at least a very similar motion hitting and targeting the same muscle. Oh, one one more thing, one more thing. What's up? Rep ranges. Do you think this is probably better reserved for higher rep ranges than lower ones? Like you might see in some compound programming. Yeah. I, uh, you know, the, the good rule of thumb on isolation lifts from, you know, what you see out there is about eight to 10 rep range, which again is a wide rep range. Like you can spend a month in the eight to 10 rep range and then the next month in the 10 to 12 rep range. And then the next month at the 12 to 15 rep range, mm-hmm. all trying to increase your reps. So like that's three months worth of training in that rep range for that single exercise before you would even need to change either the load or the angle or how mm-hmm. you do it. So this is endless people. If you know how to manipulate some of these things, you can have exercises for days hitting these same muscles. Mm-hmm. You can go heavy. I know some people like to go heavy on some of these things. Uh, experiment with them, you know, but typically they're better in the eight to eight to 15 rep range. Okay. Let's get into it. Yeah, I heard it. All right. What's the first one, doc? <clears throat> so these are, these are really in no particular order. I think last time we yeah, said, I think th- you threw them up. Yeah. There. <laughs> yeah. We just threw them up because <laughs> actually we both made independent, list and then merge them and you know debated on which one should be on there and everything i won (laughs) (laughs) you're not supposed to tell them that no i'm kidding okay number one is the incline dumbbell curl the incline dumbbell curl you sit on a bench you know people just look up these videos i don't want to describe you know what I think you were starting off like maybe we should say look it look it up guys. There's plenty of videos out there. Yeah, if you know the title, you know how to look look it up. But why we like this exercise is because the elbow will start behind the torso. If you think about in normal curls, the 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 elbows in front of the torso and you're curling the weight up. Now the elbow stays behind and you're curling the weight up, but the elbow still stays behind. So basically, the bicep starts in a lengthened position, which is really good because when the weight is as you're moving the weight up, you're trying to get the force. You're trying to get the weight to be at its max, uh, like heaviness, so to speak, in relation to gravity when the when the muscles in like it's full, either lengthened or contracted position. And this one does well for the lengthened position. And it helps with the long head of the biceps, which is that little peak. Mm-hmm. Big peak. So, so, uh, so you can do this one with dumbbells, right? You can, you can do this with cables. The big difference between dumbbells and cables is that cables are going to give you a, a continuous resistance throughout the range of motion. While if you if you do the dumbbells correctly, the dumbbell should be the hardest at the peak contraction. So like when the bicep is fully contracted, the dumbbell is at its heaviest, so to speak, because it is perpendicular with gravity. With with yeah, perpendicular with. Yeah, it's the like floor. where where is it? the peak tension going to be in the movement. Yes. And I think that's why a lot of people 
say cables are some of the best for these isolation lifts because you get that tension throughout the movement. Yeah. Um, and then some of the movements like we'll get to that in a second. I won't, I won't break it. I know. <laughs> but some like gravity doesn't really matter. Like you wouldn't. Mm. So, mm-hmm. but in this one it does, you can also do it with cables or you can do what's called a Pelican curl. This is the calisthenics version. And this one's brutal. You basically, you're holding onto some rings and your body and you have to curl yourself back up. Look up Pelican curl. It's a killer calisthenic version of this exercise. But if you're not doing the incline dumbbell curl or some sort of curl with your elbow behind your torso, you're missing out. This one's a great exercise. All right, what's number two, Annabelle? It it was brutal doing it the other day, the pelican curl. Yeah, if you've never done a bicep with your elbow behind, you're going to be sore. You're going to be real sore in your biceps. Mm-hmm. All right, the next one. There are very many calf raise variations. They're all great. They're all hitting different parts of your your calf. This one I like. It's called the donkey calf raise. Donkey. Yeah, yeah you heard it right. It's like a little donkey. <laughs> <laughs> Qu- quit being an ass. <laughs> but you're raising your calf. No, the, the reason I like it. Look it up the video. It's kind of you kind of bend over. It's don't do it around the bros. Trust me. <laughs> is you're able to add a lot of weight mm-hmm. and really overload the calves, especially if you have a home gym. I think I think when we were doing some calf training, we tried a lot of different options, and it was a little bit more challenging to overload. Not not too hard, but this one's a lot easier. So what you're doing is you get a a dip belt, put it on your waist, and you can t- tie some a plate to it, and then you're just doing your calf raises while it's a little bit elevated. Yeah. Yep. So this this was one of Schwarzenegger's favorite ways to grow his calves. He would have, he would get in that position and he would have girls sit on his back and he would do calf raises uh, with a human on his back. Is that where he got the name? What? Donkey? Donkey? Maybe. Maybe, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know know where they get these, these names, but you know, I don't know if that was because it was one of his favorites or if it was more of like the picture thing with like the women on his back as he's doing this calf raise exercise. I'm not sure, but it's a really good exercise. Um, I would give it a shot. You will definitely feel it in your calves. Oh yeah. And as Annabelle said, maybe get on something a little elevated so you can kind of get that full stretch, you know, with the ankle and the calf and everything. Yeah. I try to really control it on the way up and down. And a good way to hit both. So the calves are a big term saying the gastroc and the soleus. So if you keep your knees straight, you'll hit the gastroc. If you bend your knees a little bit, you'll hit the soleus. The soleus is the deeper muscle and the one that kind of like pushes the gastroc out. The gastroc is the one where it's more on the outer side and you can kind of see that peak contraction, so to speak, or the, um, like the two head, like you'll, people have got strong calves, like you'll see it. But the soleus is beneath mm-hmm. it that pushes it out, makes it kind of gives it its size. And the gastroc, the outer one, kind of gives it its shape. But I would do it knees bent and knees straight. Mm-hmm. What's the next one, Doc? Number three, we think every routine needs a lateral raise, a shoulder lateral Get raise. The meaty delt. Yeah. So this one hits that lateral or, or middle deltoid, and it helps give you that wide shoulder look. So all the pushing motions will hit, they'll hit some of the lateral, but they're really focused on the anterior, the front delt, so to speak. Uh, well, I guess, how would you compare this to the press? Because the press, the overhead press, that is, it does hit it some. Right. But again, it's not 
isolating it. Mm-hmm. You're gonna you're it's gonna work le- the front delt is gonna work more than the lateral delt on the overhead press. And plus you've got your triceps also working in that the overhead press as well. So again, it's getting a little less love than some of those other muscles. So this is how you can kind of like make up for it most likely being lagging or not as strong by throwing in these lateral raises. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to go too heavy with this because one of the pitfalls of people doing those exercises, their upper traps will take over and they're almost like shrugging the weight and they're not actually abducting their arms. They're almost, they're doing some abduction, but their traps are taking over at the end. I mean, it's Ooh, good. I would say that's probably a key for a lot of these isolation lifts. When you say that is. Go light, try and feel the muscle, yeah. and then slowly build up. Yeah, that's a good point, Hannibal. Because if not, you're going to incorporate other muscles that you may not want to be. Yes, exactly. Now, the, the again, it's, we don't pro- after we've since we've already touched on the dumbbell and cable in that first exercise, I think after this example, people have a pretty good understanding. So if you think about when the arm is at 90 degrees, that is when that lateral delta is at its like almost fully contracted position. And if you're holding the weight out to the side, that's when the load is at, at its most intense because you got the weight and gravity perpendicular to the floor. So at its peak contraction, the weight's at its heaviest, which is good. But the cable will do is you'll get you know, the full range of motion with the same resistance throughout. So you'll hit it'll still be the same resistance at the beginning as it is at the end. Mm-hmm. And that's good if you're trying to like s- strengthen in that lower position before you get to that 90 degree position. So it just kind of depends and mix it up. It just yeah. You know, uh, I was trying to think of a calisthenic version of this. And honestly, if you're getting to a side plank position, you're going to isometrically be working that lateral delt. Mm-hmm. So that might be a good calisthenic version of this exercise. Yeah. And then another one um, that we like, Sticking with the, the shoulders, this is the the rear delt. It's kind of harder to get mm-hmm. in a lot of your your movements, and uh, the one one of the ones we have been trying lately, and I think I think I, th- I really feel it better with this one than other sort of rear delt exercises is the face pull. The face pull is a great exercise. I I really feel it feel it in my rear delt when I do this versus maybe like a bent over seated uh, reverse fly. We do this a lot in physical therapy. We try to incorporate the, at least at my clinic and myself, we try to incorporate the face pull in because it's, it's an isolation exercise, but it's working a lot of muscles. It works, as Annabelle said, the rear delt is working some of the rhomboids. One key one is it's working part of the rotator cuff, specifically the external rotators. Mm. So like your infraspinatus, your teres minor, it's getting a little bit of the middle traps. So it is working, you know, a decent amount of muscles. But it's great for that kind of over the head, like 90-90 position of the shoulder and elbow. And it's so, it's really good for rotator cuff health, like really good. And, again, getting that posterior strength in the shoulder, like the back of the shoulder with that um, posterior delt. A lot of people have that rounded shoulders, um, almost can get that impingement type stuff in the front part of their shoulder because they do bench and they do a bunch of push-ups, but they're not working in that – you know, posterior and external, externally rotated position of the shoulder. Mm-hmm. And then you can do this on rings for the calisthenic version. Oh gosh, rings. Yeah, but face pulls are for cable. I would, I would almost, I wouldn't do face pulls with dumbbells. I would just do them with cables. Maybe bands too. Or bands, yeah, ba- yeah, but yeah, but band- no, no, no dumbbells. Yeah, no dumbbells. <laughs> 
All right, what's number five, Annabelle? Ooh. You like this one. I do like this one. You're always trying to put that in our workouts. <laughs> 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 I really feel like this would help my uh, my bench a lot. And it's the, the lion tricep extension. It's a little different than a skull crutcher because you're going all the way behind your head when you're laying with a, a barbell. And then you're you're pushing it up. Man, you get that stretch. Mm. Not a lot of people are big into like stretching your muscle when you're lifting. And there's some debate on, on it, but I think like it helps. You can do it with a dumbbell too. You just hold two dumbbells and you just, you know, I think that's called maybe a little bit different, but yeah, yeah, it, it, it helps so much. Yeah. You can load up on this, this isolation exercise. This is one that you can, you can get pretty heavy with oh, yeah. to a degree. Uh, and Annabelle saying earlier with that stretches, the, um, the weight is, or the exercise is hardest in that lengthened position. Mm. So, like, when the muscle isn't at its most contracted, like some of the other exercises we talked about, but when it's most lengthened. And that's tough. That's like when you start to tr- when you try to do a pull-up, you know, that almost like that first little bit of the movement is hard because, like, you're starting from a fully lengthened position. Oh, yeah. Versus, like, the opposite of starting at the top and lowering yourself. So, this one's loading it up in that lengthened position. Super challenging, especially if you've done, like, You've only done tricep press downs. This is a good one to substitute with because you'll feel it. Yeah, it's a good good one to switch up. What's the other one, Cam? This is actually one of my – this is probably my favorite isolation lift. I haven't told you this. Wait, really? Yeah, this is my favorite one. And the sad part is since I have the since I have a home gym, I don't have a, a cable crossover machine to be able to do this or a pec fly machine. But the, the cable chest fly is one of my – favorites when i used to go to the gym because huh. yeah you can like the burn in your pecs the burn in your chest is unreal at least i could feel it and it's great for pec development i i've even i've even heard of some you know bodybuilders who have like avoided the bench press and just do you know a lot of pec flies and you know that isolation stuff for their chest i'm not you know saying that but I love this exercise. It gives an unreal burn. Man. And I've been doing it with rings. That's the calcinic version. And, man, it will pump you up. I have not done chest flies in a very long time. They're but I have to give them a try next time I'm in the actual gym, road gym. So this one, too, I just want to – we're going to give our two cents, our opinion on this. We don't – we don't really like the dumbbell chest flies. We like the cable chest flies. Yeah, I think for I, I still think that for a lot of these, if you have cables, I would go with that first. I know. I think Arnold was really like the dumbbell chest flies, but when the pecs are at their most contracted position, there's almost like there's no weight because the the dumbbell like your arms are straight up, so you're not even. Mm. The weight doesn't even get transferred to your pecs anymore, like even some of these others. It's hardest in the lengthened position. I understand that. But in its most contracted position, you're not even feeling any weight. So, I mean, you can definitely do them. I just, I don't like them. I think the cable feels a whole lot better. Or or you say maybe rings if you have them? Yeah, if you got rings, that's that's an easy way to, if you don't have like a pec fly machine or a cable machine, just hook some rings onto a barbell or onto a pull up bar and, you know, you can change the angle of like your body when you do it. Obviously it's harder to go more, you know, parallel with the floor, but I've been doing, yeah, there's free, there's free to scale calisthenics. You just look it up. 
All right, number seven. Ooh, the sissy squat. Oh, my goodness. And let me tell you, people, there is nothing sissy about this exercise. <laughs> it's a quad blaster. It's a great it's a great exercise. One reason why I like it is it is a closed chain exercise. Closed chain over open chain, Two baby. Chain. Close chain. <laughs> <laughs> it is a close <laughs> It is a closed chain exercise, which means you're able to even for an isolation exercise, you're able to recruit a little bit more. Hey, it's playing closed chain versus open chain for the listeners. Oh yeah. Okay, closed chain, think squat. You're in your body moves through space. Open chain, think your extremities move through space. Your body stays stationary like a leg press. So whatever you're pushing against or holding on to on closed chain, it's stationary. It doesn't move and your body moves. Push-ups. Open chain is the weight is moving in relation to your body. Think bench press. Boom. There. You put me on the spot there, but don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Another reason why I really like the sissy squat is, you know, you hear a lot of things online about bulletproofing your knees and, you know, give yourself the strongest knees. And, you know, there's probably a lot of truth to that. But one reason why I like this is it does strengthen the knees in that knee over toe position. Because we do life, you know, your knees are in multiple angles and ranges and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And it does help strengthen your knees when they're over your toes. And, like, the whole exercise is pretty much over your toes until you get back to the start position. So I really think that's good. No, I like this one too. Please, please scale this one. Oh guys. yeah. If you're if you're having any knee pain, you definitely gotta scale this one. You might you not might you might not be ready for this. Grab a broom, grab I don't know, a band or hold, something. Hold on to something. Hold on to something. Do partial range. I don't know. Just there's a lot of ways to do it. Just, I don't know where we're at, but definitely scale it. Yes, for sure. And another reason why we like it is the quad. It's the exercise is hardest when the quads are at their most lengthened position. So it's tough. Ah, speaking of the next one, Anibal, this I is think, your favorite. I think this might be my favorite one. leg one. It's the Nordic hamstring curls. Anibal believes, and I, I can't really, I can't say he's wrong. He believes this exercise is what allowed him to deadlift 405. I think so. Obviously, I'm, I'm biased because there was a period of time last fall where, sorry, I'm, I, did, I didn't deadlift at all. I didn't even touch the bar and do any deadlift until January. But you know what I was still doing? Hmm. I was doing a lot of these Nordic hamstring curls. Yeah, he took a little break from deadlifting. And again, he had built up a good deadlift, and he took I a think break. Up to that point, I had done three twenty, three fifteen, something around that, and then I just he just did all Nordic hamstring curls, and then came back, and within like a month and a half, brought his deadlift up by seventy something pounds. Yeah, and I was like, oh goodness gracious! So, yeah. like we said earlier, with some of these, they can definitely help assist and support your compound lifts. These are also called the gorilla curls. You don't know why. Anvil thinks that you walk like a gorilla after because you're like hunched over and <laughs> hobbling around. <laughs> so it's true. this is also another great way to quote unquote bulletproof your knees because you're getting that eccentric lowering. You can use your hands to push off. The, it's hardest when the hamstrings at their, at their most lengthened position. And just like there's the war at the knee between uh, what we call anterior and posterior translation of the tibia, a lot of people are quad dominant, but not hamstring mm. or equalized with their hamstring. Mm -hmm. So that causes more anterior translation of the tibia. 
can increase your risk potentially of ACL tears. We've covered that in past episodes. But you just want a stable knee. You want the front to be as you know equal in the back. So don't overlook Nordic hamstring curls. They're still my favorite. All right, number nine. We haven't talked about the glutes yet. The booty. The booty. Hip thrunk. <laughs> Hip thrusters. This is a great glute developer and low back stabilizer. The one exercise all male population avoid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is kind of true, isn't it? It is. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think about that. Men, get in there and do some hip thrusters. Listen, we need to develop the booty too. That's right. We actually do this a lot in rehab. We call we we start with a basic version called the bridge. You're just lifting your hips from like the floor of the table, and there's different ways you can you know make it harder and all that kind of stuff. But the hip thruster is essentially a bridge with weight, and then you can scale. and It's a great glute activator and low back. It's a good just it's an overall good exercise in general. Yeah. And if you've never done them, then throw them in there and see what it feels like. Yeah. But It'll please use a mat. You'll destroy your hips. Oh, yeah. If you got bony hips, you need some sort of thing to kind of go over that, whether it's a mm-hmm. towel or one of those foam things that they use for that exercise. Yeah. Or. <laughs> All right. Here's another one that I really like. This is a lot. This is number 10. Number 10. Guys. Obviously, there's so many other isolation exercises. I'm not saying this one's better than the other one, but. If you really want a strong, quote-unquote, core, do the ab wheel. Oh, my gosh. It just destroys your core. You're shaking. You can't even properly bend over the next day. It's, it's <laughs> brutal. What do you call it? The wheel from hell? Oh, uh, the evil. I call <laughs> That's a good one. I think I just call it the evil ab wheel. Oh, well, that, that's probably better. Yeah. We don't want to swear on the podcast, Annabelle. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we're recording this after hours, guys. We are on a different day today, people, so we're a little bit out of our routine. <laughs> but yeah, this is a great one. If you haven't done it, throw it in there. Uh, you can always substitute potentially with the hanging leg raise. It's easier on the floor doing just leg raises on the floor. But try the ab wheel. You can scale it. You can start on your knees. And then the goal for me is one day do it standing. Oh, yeah. Like on your on your toes. Like yeah. Your oh, my gosh. Yeah. So those are our top 10. Annabelle, do you want to recap the top 10 real quick? And then we got one bonus exercise. I I gave Cam the look like, hey, aren't we going to talk about the bonus one? bonus one. All right, top 10. Oh, you forgot? Okay, okay. All right. Number one, again, in no particular order, is the incline curl. Then Again, you can pick dumbbells, calisthenics. doesn't matter. Pick one. Then the donkey calf raise, lateral raise, face pulls. Lying tricep extension, cable chest flies, the dog's favorite, mm-hmm. sissy squats, gorilla curls, also known as Nordic hamstring curls. <laughs> Trademark pending <laughs> for one animal reel. <laughs> Hip thrusters and then the ab wheel or the evil wheel. Now, some of you guys are thinking, you left off the barbell curl. Cam, animal. That is the one isolation exercise that you can really load up on. The one that every bro does. And that's why we kept it as a bonus. I think that more people will do that exercise, and so that's not... Um, I think we, we were trying to put some that maybe people wouldn't normally do. Yeah, and there again, you might have all these in your routine or have done them and be like, yeah, I've done all these. That's basic, mm-hmm. you know, move on. But if, you have, if you're more in 
if you do the barbell curl more than the incline one, give the incline one a shot and you will, you know, it'll shoot your bicep game mm-hmm. to the next, the next phase. Yeah. I mean, I, I still do the, listen, there's a reason there's the easy curl bar out there for the boys to curl. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, with the barbell curl, you can definitely load up on it for sure. Or the easy curl bar as Annabelle said, but again, isolate, feel that mind muscle connection, then start to scale. Like Cam likes to say, own the movement. You need to own it. Yeah, own it. Yeah. I just hero's journey. For some reason, for some reason, I just thought, just beat it, beat it. (laughs) But you said, just own it. Just own it. Just own it on the way up and on the way down. That's right. So I guess, like to summarize everything, why we think you should do isolation exercises is because of that mind muscle connection. And developing that mind-muscle connection will help you be able to contract and squeeze that muscle h- harder, which will mean you'll have more likely to, deve- to develop that muscle better. Mm-hmm. And it assists or supports your main lifts. Think of, if you take anything out of this, think about Annabelle doing the Nordic hamstring curls and then adding tons of weight onto his deadlift. Think about this like that. So. All right, guys. What, what, do, you want, what do you want the people to do? I don't know if you're already doing any of these or not, but pick two of these exercises, add them to your routine, specifically if it's a lagging body part or maybe an area where you're not as strong and you want to get one of your lifts up, whatever that might be. And then pick two of these, add them to your routine, try to perfect the technique, feel the muscle, and then gradually add some weight. Yeah. So start with maybe eight reps, three sets of eight reps. And then once you can do that, good. Move to 10 or move to 9 to 10, move to 10 to 12, move from 12 to 15, and then increase the weight, drop back down to eight reps. And that's how you progress. Easy peasy. All right. I don't have anything else, Doc. What about you? Just get lost in the sauce. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Remember, you're a human. We should not seek perfection, but daily improvement. See see you guys.